Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strecky Cast. Manchester United have beaten West Ham 1-0. Last minute winner from Marcus Rashford. And I'm delighted to be joined again by Sean Connolly to discuss the game and to go through some listener questions as well as that. Sean, how are you doing? I'm sure the weekend we were kind of speaking about the need for that crucial win. We got it so we can go into the, We can spend the next week with the international break relaxing and, and, and looking at the league table a bit more happier. That's for sure, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, can't be too much better than two wins in a row. It's uh, it's something we haven't seen in a long time. So it's 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 good stuff, man. There's 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 stuff need to be worked on, but there's a whole lot of positives over the last two games. So yeah, happy times. The biggest question that I had is the last podcast we did was this team hasn't went down a win and run, and now we've two games um, on the back of wins that we can come back now after international break and look to make February a month to remember this season where we, we can turn the table pretty much and, and ensure that we're in that fourth place yeah. when, it, when, when it comes to the business stage of the season. But an important thing I was looking at was when the league gets back at the international break, we have two week fixtures where Chelsea are not playing. Um, so we have a really, really good chance now of kind of bridging that gap and putting the pressure on them and bringing them back into the fight because like I said last in the last recording, Sean, with some of our results of late, Ragnar's only lost one game, yet we haven't really been lifting up the table. And this is the boost in which the team needed, I hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's uh, one loss in 10 games is all he's had. And the way it's spoken about in the press, you'd swear it was a whole lot worse than that. But 
I mean, it's one of those situations where we have an opportunity, you know, a team's not playing that you can get the points on the board. And, you know, you have that sort of that awkward scenario of whether or not it's better to have points on the board or games in hand. And um, we have an opportunity, as you said, through February to be able to develop like a, a nice run and to be able to con- continue the momentum that we built over these last two games. Bit of a signal of a moment to be going off on an international break when you're starting to develop a bit of momentum. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's a situation where at least we do have that momentum and the guys can go away on their international break. Hopefully they have some, some good times, come back strong, willing, ready to go and start continuing the, the, the momentum and build up on Chelsea, particularly after today with uh, Chelsea and Spurs. We'll also have Paul Pogba back when we return from Will internationals. We? Well, <laughs> Ragnick certainly thinks so, and he's excited yeah. about it. So um, I, I'm going to see what happens with the remainder season because the way Ragnick spoke, he was quite direct and kind of said, like me, my contract only runs to the end of the season, but I'm in a position where he's going to try and get the best out of every player. Um, and if yeah. he thinks he can do that with Pogba, he's going to play Paul Pogba. So just to get to get on to the game itself, Sean, West Ham did pretty much what we all expected them to do. Ragnick speaks about studying the opponents and, and looking into them the week prior to games. He only had so many days to do that. But he, he explained after the game that he told the players they need to be patient. Um, that, that's where you have to be against West Ham to get a result. United were exactly that. They kept going to the end. And, and Ragnick showed courage, or as some people say, Carjones, um, at the end as he, yeah. as he brought on a number of attacking substitutions to really throw the kitchen sink at it. You said something to me before we started recording that it wasn't really since the days of Alex Ferguson that we really did that. And that term, kitchen sink, or throwing the kitchen sink at them, was a term we always used when Ferguson was manager, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was wonderful. Like, I mean... The, the game was in, a, was in a situation where it was fizzling out for either we're going to get one point and feel like we've had missed opportunities and not enough cohesion in the, in the front three mm. to be able to actually gain these three points. Or it could have gone the other way, where on a break from West Ham and then onto a set piece, it's something like uh, that you do typically see from West Ham with Suchek getting on the end of a corner and then we actually just coming away with nothing in a game when really and truly we dominated. But it was fantastic because, look, we spoke about this a little over a week ago when we had a two-goal lead on Villa and we blew it. And we were quite critical of the lack of tactical adjustments that Ranić made when Coutinho was coming on the field. I feel that, obviously, against Brentford, he made up for that because he gave the, the hairdryer treatment himself at half time and then, obviously, we got a response. And now we've got a situation where, against West Ham, where we're trying to find a winner despite this control in the game. And he actively sought it out and he just, he just went gung-ho. Yeah, as you said, he threw the kitchen sink at it. I mean, you're, you're going into the dying embers of the game and you've got Cavani, Ronaldo, Rashford, Martial with Bruno behind them. It's wonderful. Just ridiculous attacking football and just all-out entertainment. And that's what United's all about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And even with that, we spoke previously about Fred and his more advanced role in this 4-3-3 formation. Yeah. The whole approach we've seen under Ragnick, um, they're at least trying to play more attacking football. It's, it's not quite 
fluid as it needs to be just yet. As we've seen pretty much the, in the first half, we had no shots on target against West Ham. And, and, and in the second half, you know, we were kind of plugging away. But again, it, it wasn't quite fluid in, in the final third. But we got there in the end. We were persistent. Um, and, and the goal itself, there was, was claims that it was offside. VAR checked it. It was, in fact, onside. You have a closer look at it. And depending on, on, I suppose, the angle you're looking at, and Martial, when he plays the pass, Cavani's definitely onside. Now, looking back at, at the footage, we're blessed he didn't, Martial did not hold on to that ball a second longer because he would have been in an offside position. He would have been in an offside position, yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny. Like it, it, it really shows, it really, really emphasizes that it's, it, it's us against everybody else because all you have week in, week out from fans, from any sort of team, is, is grumblings and discontent about VAR and how goals are being ruled out for the slightest little thing. Well, here we have a situation with United and Cavani where he's clearly onside, yet people are trying to grumble about it and talk sport getting in on top of it again, saying, have your say, onside or offside. You don't have to have your say. All you have to do is look at the screen, look at the line, it's green, it's a goal, move on. You know, it's as simple as that. And um, yeah, look, I mean... Martial holds on to the ball for a, for a millisecond longer and that's it. And it would have been a very, very different story at the end. Uh, that stadium erupted. It's, I think it's the closest thing that I've seen in Old Trafford to being present the day when McTominay hit that uh, second goal against City right before all the closures of the COVID. I thought the atmosphere inside the stadium was phenomenal. And uh, that's the closest thing I've seen to it. Can I get your views on Anthony Martial because named on the bench against West Ham and was one of the attacking players to come on and that made an impact. But the whole yeah. situation surrounding him right now with his future unknown, he there was some booze from the crowd. What did you make of that? And there, there, were, there wasn't loads of booze. There was just a few mumblings. But was that just a little warning to Martial? Um, do you think fans are, are completely giving up on him or do you think that... When he's on the pitch, that if he scores a goal or two, they'll still be singing his name. I think it's a bit of both. I mean, once I mean, I, I'm I'm of this ilk that you support the players, you support the manager, and I've always been the same. I was the same the whole way through Solskjaer's tenure. You support the manager and you support the players at a football club. I don't I don't like booing of of players or managers or coaching mm-hmm. staff because they're they're our players. We're supporting them. They're like. Um, I can understand why some people would be frustrated with Martial because as we touched upon the last day, I very much would believe what Raniak has said. That I don't I don't see any benefit in Raniak coming out and saying that the player asked not to be a part of the travelling yeah. squad. And I can understand why there would be a contingent of, of fans that would be disgruntled about him coming on. Then in, in the space of a week, he's coming onto the field. Now, Martial's impact was very, very good. Martial's impact was was extremely good. It was a very, very promising cameo. And it's the type of cameo that sort of leaves you wanting more, doesn't it? Because he offers something entirely different than what everyone else in the field can offer. He's always been the same. He's very good with his back to goal, his link up play and his one twos and the intricate movement that he has. They're they're fantastic. And and what was what was great as well, as I said, in the dying embers of that game that you had Cavani, Ronaldo. Um, Rashford and Martial in the field that all four of them touched the ball and the run up to the goal was fantastic as well It it doesn't happen a lot that United fans boo their own players it happens very very rarely I remember one instance 
a couple of years ago and David Moyes was manager and it was actually in the case stand and there was a, a section of, of, of the stadium were giving Nanny a hard time as he came off. We were losing the game against Stoke. We turned it around, but at the time Nanny was coming off and he got some booze just from a small crowd. And I remember thinking, you know, it just sounds fucking awful. Personally, yeah. it's just not for me. Um, I know everyone well within their right to do what, what what they want to do. I can't tell people what what they should do, but as you said, you you back the you back the players, you back the manager. If Martial and his agent decide to disrespect Manchester United, that's their doing. But as 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 a fan person, I get behind the players, and I don't I don't really want to put in or out with that kind of rubbish because. You can hear from when Ragnick speaks, and something I really like about him since he's come in when he's dealing with the press is no matter what question he's dealt, the answer is always heavily focused on football, and and yeah. and that and that's that's what I'm interested in. That's what we do a podcast for. It's why you listen to a football podcast to talk about football, not yeah, these yeah, kind exactly. of side the circus bits because just a lot of it's just unnecessary. In Martial, we know he wants to leave the club. That's fine. He should have went about it a lot better, and he probably will leave the club under a great cloud. But his performance himself, as you said, he did he did play well. He got into good positions. I don't think he was a hundred percent match sharp, but that's to be expected because he hasn't played any football exactly, yeah. late, you know. So, um, another thing you said, Sean, in your post match report was that this was the best defensive display under Ragnick that we've had Definitely. thus far. Um, you could probably say best defensive player of the season. Tell us a bit more about that, because we had Harry Maguire come back into the starting lineup in place of Victor Lindelof, who unfortunately, his wife suffered a really tragic experience last week when their house was um, tempted or burgled by some thieves, scumbags. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I you know me now, look, I mean, I, I try to be as... As 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 tone the line as I possibly can when I'm talking when I'm writing, but the bastards that went at their house, I mean, it's just the absolute greatest scumbags that you can have to do that to anybody, but particularly then when you've got his wife and his child inside in the house, they should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely disgraceful, and I hope they're okay. I hope they're okay. Um, when you get back to the football side of it, I mean, I think Maguire was with, with that. He's, I think he's actually quite fortuitous. I'm not saying he's taking fortune from somebody else's misfortune, yeah, but yeah. he was he was fortuitous to start, I believe, because had Lindelof been available, I think Lindelof and Vran probably would have lined out again because he wanted he would have wanted to keep continuity in the lineup. But if ever you've seen an individual see an opportunity handed to them, and and Maguire grasped it because. I thought Maguire was exceptionally good. As, as social media dictates, it's somewhat, um, I suppose, is the popular thing to, to be able to, to hate upon a player, and particularly Harry Maguire. It's, it, there's, 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 there's such a strong contingent of people that are just totally against him now. That, you know, he's, he's, he's not good enough, he's not fit for it, and not really too keen to say anything positive about him. But his performance was extremely strong. The entire back four were very strong. And Maguire was 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 the leading light of that. His uh, decision making was very good in his tackling. There was particularly seven moments inside several moments inside in the box where he um, he had very strong standing tackles. And they were moments that if it was a millimeter the other side, player goes over his leg, it's a penalty. But he was he was very very strong. There were, there was no like it wasn't flawless. It, there 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 was a couple of moments where I kind of ended up just sort of putting my hand on my head because he delivered these defensive headers that 
that they were nonsensical. They were headers that put us under pressure as opposed Ronaldo to Ronaldo was seen at one stage telling Maguire to to take it down on the chest. Stop. Yeah. Stop doing it every time. Stop. Do you know? Well, well, he did it three times. He did it three times in the first half, and you're going, dear God, if you keep doing this, eventually it's going to go airways, and someone is going to score from this. You know, it's a lack of um, control when you don't necessarily need to head the ball away. If you hmm. see, you're not. If you see, the, there's no pressure coming on. He doesn't need to. I'm not saying that there won't be occasions where Maguire needs to get his head on at the end of it and and, and get it away as far as he can. But in the three instances you're talking about, he didn't need to do that. No. No, he did not. It could have very easily, he could have very easily let it fall behind him. And then he could have just passed it back to the keeper or he could have shifted it out wide. Um, but look, they're, they're small, very small talking points. There's no point in focusing on that. His overall play was fantastic. And you know what was great as well was his distribution of the ball and the way that he uh, distributed it out left. I mean, his, his, his passing was, was pretty perfect. Varane, as, as, as always, is, is, he, was, he always gives a solid display. Had that little worry for a couple of minutes that he was after hurting himself and you're thinking there's another two, three, four weeks we're going to be without him but thankfully he came back and Dallo and Tellez again very, very good um, I think there's more to come in an attacking front from them um, but with Dallo I think a lot of people when they when they looked at him maybe 12 months ago they're thinking this is a guy who's more suited as kind of an advanced attacking fullback doesn't really have much in his locker with regards to defending but in the last couple of games he's been extremely strong in his defending and his attacking is 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 good, and I think there's more to come with it. Tellez again, Tellez was very very good again, and I know you're 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 quite fond of Tellez and how he's been playing recently, and he's kept it going. The two the two of them are very strong, and 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 the way that Tellez and Tello are playing, Sean Wambasaka, I don't see them getting back in anytime soon. Yeah, Wambasaka, and I've said it before, is having a bad season, and uh, but but I've also stressed that I don't want people to to rule him out. Completely. No, um, no, I'm not. And, I, and I, again, I'm not saying that you know you don't need to go into the transfer market in the summer and potentially buy a right back. That may be the case. We still need to see more from Tato between now and the end of the season. But with Wan Bissaka, and I know he has his faults, and pe- loads of people have pointed them out. But he has qualities too that I just think are way too good to, to ignore. And and players can be nurtured, and he's still young enough to be nurtured. He is, but just allow me to put one, like maybe this advocate, this devil's advocate thing here. In in our active squad, we'll say next season, okay? You're never going to have more than three. You know, you're never going to have more than two fullbacks. You're going to have two right fullbacks, two options at right fullback, two options at left fullback. I mean, you know, you talk to enough people on the ground as I do as well. Ethan Laird is held in very, very high regard. Yeah, yeah. He's held in very high regard. And I cannot see a situation where next year there's a lot of talk around the place that Laird will complete his, uh, his loan spell this year and that he's going to be given an opportunity to, to prove himself and see if he's actually capable of staying on in this squad next season. I do not see Laird, Dallow and Wambasaka all staying at the exact same time. So something has to give along the way. Laird is, is very much being forecast as an individual who's coming into this squad sooner rather than later. And it's just going to be a case, I think, in my opinion, as to which one of Juan Basaka and Dallo is going to stay, because I cannot see three of them stay. When you put it that way, I, I completely agree. We only we had it on the the newsletter a few weeks ago, an opinion on on Ethan Laird, and and the view was that this is Manchester United's future future right back. Yeah, um, he's thought very highly of. He would be one of those kind of 
right backs that Ragnick would want the wing back and, and potentially the next manager as well. Yeah. That's an interesting shout. It's it's probably one we should keep tabs on as well because when I do think of it, there's a lot of lot of good talk about Lard at the moment. And again, he he was taken out of wasn't it Swansea? Taken out of Swansea Bournemouth. recently to, to join Burnmouth, who I think they've had a rocky, rocky few week or two, but um they're in the frame for promotion this season. So I think United were looking at that, thinking that if he's in the frame for fighting for promotion, that's great and valuable experience to come back to the club with. You're yeah. suggesting then that they're viewing a path for him into the first team. Well, it wouldn't be a bad idea to issue some objectives for, for him now and get, and, and get him on the path. Yeah, yeah. And and a very similar um, path is being taken with Garner, I believe. And um, it's almost at a situation with Garner where it's like, do you take this opportunity? Is, is now the time when you sort of risk this opportunity? And me personally, I, I think it is. I'm not trying to shift away from right back in the defense and all that, but I'm just more so focusing on the youth players. And I do believe Laird and Garner are at that point now. Well, you see, when you say they're at that point now, they are at the age where they're either going to get the chance or not. Yeah, exactly. You know, because they... I think this is um, Garner's second loan spell out. And, and there's been a bit of talk about him the past two years, whether he, he would want to make it. And he's, he's doing really well on loan at Forest. You know, you, you read any of the reports again, again, watching him in the FA Cup against Arsenal when they knocked him out. He was terrific. He was great. He, he was, was great. terrific, you know. And you see, he held there's only so many. Yeah, and there's only so much you can take a player. Like, we're, we're a club that were cultivated in the mindset of Stramat Busby. And, and you know what Stramat always said, that if, if, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Mm. And there's only so much you can learn about what a player is going to do at the top, top flight if he continues to be loaned out in the step below the top flight. I mean, the only other thing that's going to benefit him outside of being given an actual realistic opportunity in the first team is to loan him to a Premier League site. And... I don't, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be given an opportunity as I think Laird is going to be given an opportunity because I think we're at this, 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 this turning point where there's an awful lot of players that are going to be saying goodbye to United. And it's this situation of, I suppose, like Ranjik or whoever is coming in afterward is going to get to continue and finish the job that Solskjaer started doing. You know, like when you start seeing all these... Yeah, but are you, are you more raising the point that even take Soldier out of the equation, that, that there's going to we're going to be looking to maybe blood new a new a new team together with with, with 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 the players you're looking at. You're looking at the likes of Paul Pogba, Jesse Lingard, Juan um, Mata with contracts that are running out, and almost the the club having to accept that these players are going to be leaving on a free with the pool of talent at the club. The next manager then potentially could be looking to 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 blood young players. Yeah, yeah, I certainly think that's the way we're going. And I mean, with with Raniak, Raniak has already shown. I mean, in in the greatest example with Alanga, that if you if you apply yourself and you do what you need to do in training, you will get your opportunities in the first team. And Alanga has done fantastic and has got a wonderful song about him now, which I think is great. And um, he's been given loads of opportunities. When you look at this crop of the young players that have come through, Alanga's obviously thought about very very highly. He's not thought about in the same situation as, as Jimmy Garner or, or in the same situation as Ethan Laird, or at least he wasn't thought about in the same situation. So Raniak is going upstairs and Raniak is, is going to have a very, very strong opinion with regards to what should 
then what, 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 what the next manager is going to be taking over and how he should be viewing this. And I absolutely think we're out of the situation now where we're going to be blooding a lot of young players or at least giving them an opportunity to, to stake their claim. I very much do. I think Ethan Laird, I think Jimmy Garner, and obviously um, Mr. Alanga. I think that this is, this is what we're looking at for the next couple of seasons. The match winner, Sean, Rashford, again. Love it. Love it. Again. Love it. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, the... If, if, if you do, if uh, I suppose if you're a Manchester United fan and you cannot enjoy that, that passage to that goal, then this is not the game for you. And Man United are not the team for you. You know, an interesting fact about that as well. Rashford is now the leading individual in the history of the Premier League with goals in the 90 plus minute. He's now got four match winning goals in a 90 plus minute. And that is that has him top of the charts in the history of the Premier League. Amazing. There was another stat. Now I don't know. I can't recall it exactly. But there was a stat that was read out when he was coming on the pitch that he's got like an amazing record of coming off the bench and scoring. Um, something like I don't know what's the number seventeen or nineteen goals in the league or something, which is that definition of an impact player, isn't he? Yes. Yes. And we we did mention it too when we were speaking about how he needed a goal, and when he got that goal that he, he showed composure in front of goal, something that he wasn't showing for a spell. And we did that again. Um, he did that again. You could say it was an easy finish, but in those dying minutes to be in that place at the right time, initially when I was watching um, exactly. Cavani to square that ball, I was screaming, saying, why, why aren't you fucking shooting? Shoot. Mm. We, we, mm. we need to grab that goal. But that's where the class shines through. Um, and he, Cavani himself was able to keep his composure and to pick out that pass and to ensure that we were, we did enough to to clinch three points. Um, Sean, we ha- we have a few questions as well, like last week to, to get through. Yeah. Um, a big thanks to everyone who keeps submitting these because a few of the names you you recognise because the questions are coming in regularly. So, um, we'd like to thank people for taking time to to think of these um, and to listen to the podcast. Sean, we have one from Dave Cleaver. Um, is Ronaldo okay. a genuine starter for Ralph or is he having his hand forced by those upstairs um, I yeah yeah, he's a genuine starter I think Ronaldo is a genuine starter for, for anybody I think it's a little bit more tricky with Ronaldo because I mean let's like go back to when Solskjaer um, didn't start him against Everton wasn't it and the, the media fallout from that. And obviously then what was highly publicized in Brentford when he got substituted off. It's a guy with his petulant sort of attitude that he's always had that some people will just brush off. It's like this boys will be boys bullshit, you know? And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, he doesn't want to be taken off the field. He, he wants to play every minute of every game. And it's almost like someone is com- committing a sin if he doesn't. I don't think the board are forcing him because... I think Rania could have been very clear when he came on board and, 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 and like agreed to, to taking over at the club that there was going to be things that were done in his way. And he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would be forced on something. I mean, I think he's been very clear in his pre and post-match press conferences, particularly after substituting Ronaldo against Brentford, um, that it, it's, it's, it's his way. I very much think he's in control. So I don't think he's been forced. I think... Ronaldo is being selected on merit because if, if, if I can sit here and I can talk to you and I can say, 
the likes of Anthony Alanga is getting picked because he's applying himself in training. I think Ronaldo is the epitome of an individual who applies himself in training mm, because you've yeah. had that age, you've had that age old uh, you've had that age old debate with him and Messi about how Messi is God given talent and and Ronaldo is hard work. Ronaldo is the definition of hard work, and there's there's a reason he's in the shape that he's in at the age that he's in. So I can only imagine he applies himself tremendously on the training field and puts himself in selection every single week. I think it's all down to Ronaldo, and I, I don't think anything has changed when he was 17 years of age. Dale, I'm going to move on and give you one here from Scott Van Stratton again. What next for Anthony Martial? What are your thoughts on the mid's reaction lately? We mentioned that there was, a, there was a couple of boos at Old Trafford, and I think that's just heat of the moment stuff. When you have something hot in the press that a player is, is forcing his way out of the club, you're, you're going to get a section of fans that the team that's disrespectful. Um, I think it was disrespectful the way in which they went about it for his agent to go public with Sky Sports without dealing with the club, without telling the club what the player wants to do. It just came out of the media and over. I think that's poor. Um, Martial knows that's poor. And I think what, what you've probably seen when, when Ragnar kind of backtracked a little bit um, to kind of welcome the player back into the squad. I think what happened there was potentially a meet between the two and Martial didn't want his name tarnished anymore and wanted to work on that before he potentially leaves the club. I wouldn't be getting too attached to Martial because um, his future lies elsewhere. So that's pretty clear. But he yeah. played well. He played well. And as, for as long as he's a Manchester United player, that's pretty much all we can ask him is to to continue making an impact. And I don't think he was 100% match fit. But like I said, that wasn't um, to be expected. Yeah. Another question yeah. um, for you, Sean. From Brian Murphy this time, a writer on the blog. He wants to know, is Jose Mourinho a brick? <laughs> oh, God. Um, Sorry, I think I'm yeah. putting you on the spot with that one. Um, yes. Yes, he is. Um, I, I've, I look from from a footballing perspective and what he's achieved in his career. He's one of the greatest has ever done it. No one has ever done it tonight. That, but I was never a fan of him. I was there that night when he ran down the touchline when he was managing Porto, and um, I have a, a particular level of disdain for him since then. But uh, uh, when 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 he when he came to United and I I I, w- I was not pleased. I know you're you're getting one of the world's best, but I I I don't know. I feel like he's just he's in the twilight of his career for some time now. He's refusing to um, he's refusing to I suppose to morph into a, a modern manager, and he just it doesn't matter where he goes. Everything has to be about him. Isn't it quite yeah. sorry to interrupt? Isn't it quite ironic because of the 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 grueling he gave Wenger for years when when Jose was successful at Chelsea and he was kind of would speak about Wenger as a manager of of the past. Um, now now you look at Mourinho and I think it was long before Sean, long before he came to Manchester United that Mourinho was looking of a manager of the past because. It went really sour for him at Real Madrid. And then he went to Chelsea. I know he won the league, but what it didn't take long before that went sour as well. And it just seemed fed up with football, fed up with just grumpy. And you look at his treatment with Luke Shaw, and I don't care what kind of form a player is showing, you never treat a footballer like that. 
Not if you want to get the best out of him. Not at all. The way he went on the show was absolutely disgraceful. It was that that that's one of his lowest points. The way he went on with Joe, um, but I'd agree with you. Before he came to United, he already kind of looked like he was potentially a spin force. Now he did he did great things in his first season with United. I mean, in terms of his achievements, like he he brought silverware. So I'll forever be grateful for that. Mm. I never want I never wanted him to come to the club. I didn't like his carry on act the club. Like when you, when you had those press conferences, when he starts labeling how Manchester United like historically are not this, this fantastic club. And it's just all about him. And obviously then when he went on to do with Paddy Power after it then as well, you know, it just kind of, um, it's, 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 it's always, always been about him, hasn't it? And I'm glad that he's gone. And I hope I never have to ever endure anything like that again, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to ask you another one here from uh, another, another one actually from Twitter from Vincent Mellon. He said, will the players now buy into what Ranić wants to do? Uh, the match, we saw much better control in the middle and better ball progression through Maguire. Should we sell Martial? Again, Martial, he's much more the glue needed to make Ranić's system work. Yes or no? Firstly, with Martial, I think... It, it could be a situation where the damage is done um, and Ragnick may not get the opportunity to to see that whether he is that player that could gel things together. Before we started recording, Sean, you said something similar. I know this is my question to answer, but quickly, we were talking about with Martial was that it's exactly kind of the player that we, we don't have in, in attack. And yep. But at the same time, the damage is probably done. He wants to leave. He hasn't got regular football. And with the attacking options that we have, I think although you raise a point that he might be the player to gel things together, people are still going to raise a lot of doubt because he hasn't scored enough goals for Manchester United. You know, he's had a number of years of potentially being the, the main player. It was always, there was a number of years where we were waiting for Martial to, to be our main goal scorer. And a number of things have happened. Players have come. And they've, and they've taken starting roles and it hasn't quite worked out for him. But ultimately, it hasn't worked out for him because the player wants, is hungry enough. He's hungry enough. We can all see Martial is talented enough. That's why I think the person asking this question isn't, doesn't want to completely write off Martial because you can see he's a good footballer. It's focusing on the talent, yeah. But one yeah. of the attributes that a footballer has, it's not necessarily like he's a forward. So it's not just about his movement, his passing, his vision, his finishing. You have your temperament as well and how you are off yeah. the field and not just yeah. necessarily for an, for an attacking player, any footballer. They need to have the right temperament. And that has always been his biggest downfall is his temperament and his ability to deal with what's happening in the background and what we've discussed previously about how his feathers get ruffled so easy when United add to the squad, which could potentially jeopardize his starting spot. And yeah, that's what I've always exactly. felt. Exactly. And, and to get on to, to the point where whether these players can, sorry, what was the start of the question was whether these players can, can buy into to Ragnick's methods or, or carry them out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the players now buy into what Ragnick wants to do. The match, uh, we saw much better control in the middle and mm. better ball progression through Maguire. Yeah, well, look, I, I think definitely against West Ham, although it wasn't thrilling the attack and terror, we didn't create loads of chances. We definitely took control of the game. And it was definitely an example of the players carrying out some of the tasks that they haven't been doing under Ragnick. You know, people have been questioning whether they've been pressing well enough, whether that was working. And I think over the weeks now, we're starting to see 
things improve definitely you know p players getting from more familiar with their roles you know for, we're now seeing fred play more forward forward like he did like he did brazil he has to get familiar with doing that in the premier league now and that doesn't happen overnight you know so all these things will take some time scott mctominay has been asked to kind of sit more center on his own whether these players are going to buy into the nod I think with the way that the, the backlash that came after the apparent dressing room unrest, they've no other choice because Manchester United fans are getting fed up of making excuses for players and, and, and seeing managers get blamed for pretty much every bad result. If it continues, there'll be a lot more players we'll be talking about come the end of the season that we want sold. Put it that way. That's for sure. That's for you sure. Know, I agree. Put it that way. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Very fitting. That's it for this week's podcast. Unless Sean, you want to add any more notes? No, 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 it's all good, man. It was a, it was a, it was a good conversation. Good chat, as always. I mean, as, a, as, a, as I said, man, it's, it's a, it's this season, it's, it's a very unique situation where we're coming off the back of two victories. We've had a clean sheet. We've had arguably our best defensive performance. We've limited a very, very dangerous side in West Ham who've been performing as, as good as they ever have been. It was as high as they've been in the Premier League table at this point ever in the history of the Premier League. So we have taken that on board. We've taken a, an unformed player like Jared Bowen. Michael Antonio is always a danger. A very strong midfield of Sujic and Rice. And we've made them look ordinary. They were barely able to complete anything in terms of the final third. More or less didn't threaten De Gea. And um, I, I suppose, look, we've had a lack of cohesion in the front three. Um, there's a lot of work there that needs to be done but we're creating opportunities and yeah, look, it's, 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 it's on to the next game now. Three points. And I'm, I'm, I'm delighted because speaking in the last, last show, um, speaking about being down and just not seeing you like on that win and run, maybe I'm feeling a bit giddy. I don't, I don't quite know, <laughs> but the international break will, will sober, re, sober me up. I've no doubt. Um, because we're going to hear lots of talk about players leaving and probably players doing interviews with X, Y, and Z. Um, so buckle your seatbelts but we I think be- we should start taking bets on what Pogba is going to come out with because I guarantee you that's going to be the biggest the, line out of the international the, right the only thing is you'd hope there won't be anything to do with Pogba because he's not on international break well at least he shouldn't be but um, you never quite know with, with France do you no god never almighty never right I'm just waiting for it like waiting for it right thanks so much for listening again this week and again thanks so much for submitting questions especially those that are doing it pretty much every week really appreciate it and we'll do our best to get through every question on each podcast thanks for listening and we'll speak to you again soon Sports Social Podcast Network Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.